Welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. And today we've got a special guest with us, Brian Saliba from Crowbar Creative. And if you've been listening, you've probably heard about his work. Brian, welcome. Hey, Shane. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you. I really appreciate your book. <laughs> it's we had I, I'm going to 100 percent. I'm going to say that it, I was blown away when I got it. I was thinking Zane. I was expecting about, oh, quite a few less pages, <laughs> quite, a, quite a bit less. So what happened there? <laughs> yeah, what happened there is right. Um, well, we first, thanks for uh, the support. Um, you, you gave us a nice review and certainly appreciate that. And I'm glad that uh, once you got the book in your hand, um, you, were, you were blown away. I guess that's kind of what we shoot for. But yeah, in terms of page count, initially we launched this as part of Zine Quest last year. Uh, earlier this year. Uh, so the plan was, you know, 40 pages or so. Uh, and as we got into, we, my brother and I, who wrote it, as we got into the content and really delved into all of the the artwork from Arthur Rackham, uh, we found ourselves pretty carried away with all of the stuff that we wanted to create with it. And uh, so we just wrote, wrote, and wrote. And then we went, when we went into layout and realized we were going to be well over 100 pages and maybe up to around 150, and we faced a choice. Do we start cutting all of this content or do we just bite the bullet and create something that's actually much more substantial than a typical zine? And we went for the latter. Well, I, I think it was a great move. I think it's a great book. Now, if the, if the just in case listeners who are listening now didn't catch the review that we did on it earlier, Rackham Vale is the book that 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 we're talking about. And it is based on the art of Arthur Rackham. Now, I'd never heard of Arthur Rackham until I backed the Kickstarter. You exposed me to Arthur Rackham. <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> well, that was that was one of the goals. We wanted to, uh, He's he is one of the most famous of the, what's called the uh, British, uh, the golden age of British book illustration. He's one of the most famous illustrators from that era. And um, his stuff is in the public domain now. And as, as you mentioned, a lot of people uh, haven't heard of him or any of the other artists that were a part of that era. And it's, it's really amazing artwork. And uh, what we wanted to do was uh, use that artwork in the book um, and as inspiration for a mini RPG setting. Uh, I say mini because it's, you know, it's not a full on 250 page eight by 10 hardcover uh, with absolutely everything spelled out it's a it's it's a small vale or or alpine valley and uh the the hope was that we did it our goal was to do it in such a way that it would do justice to uh and pay homage to him and his artwork and and hopefully expose people to his stuff because it's it's amazing um and to that end we also tried to name a lot of things after things that are in his uh, biography like the main town in Rackham Vale is called Edithton and that's named after his wife Edith and most of the place names in the Vale have something to do with his backstory uh, Lambeth Hamlet uh, he went to Lambeth Art School and uh, I mean there's uh, we tried to do it in such a way that it didn't feel like we were cashing in on uh, a bunch of art that just happens to be in the public domain but that it it really felt like we were uh, paying homage to this this great artist and hopefully in a way that he would have liked and appreciated had he been able to see it i'm going to ask you a quick question now this was made with old school essentials in mind am i correct that's right now what made you decide on using old school essentials as the basis for this yeah well a couple of reasons one is that uh it 
we thought that it would fit really well with Dolmenwood. Um, Gavin Norman's amazing uh, uh, setting that is um, inspired a lot by folklore and fairy tales. And we thought this, this would dovetail nicely with that. And of course, Gavin Norman is also the creator of Old School Essentials. So that seemed like a good fit. Um, in addition, that was one of the first things that I know that uh, some of us at the podcast and our gaming group was one of the first things we said when we got a hold of like my, my, um, the, our old school essentials DM is running Dolmenwood right now. And the uh, first thing out of both are about, this is going to be great with your Dolmenwood stuff. Right. Dolmenwood, like, this is perfect. So you say that like, yeah, I noticed that right off the bat. I'm yep. sorry, go on. What were you saying? Yeah. So no, that, that was a, that was a big part of it is uh, we thought that uh, for those interested in the Dolmenwood setting, whether they're running it or whether they just like the style, this would, um, would probably fit pretty nicely with their uh, aesthetics. But the other reason is that, Old School Essentials is such a, a clean, lean, and adaptable set um, rule set that we thought that if we if we statted it for OSE and you're running 5e, that's a pretty easy transition. If you're running, um, well, almost any old school, uh, any OSR system, it's a pretty easy conversion because OSE includes ascending and descending armor class. And so, you know, if you're running old school Thaco, you can pick this up and run. Um, if you're running fifth edition or third, second, 3.5, it's all pretty easy to, to adapt. I mean, the big exception probably being D&D fourth edition, but um, that, that's one of the things about OSC that is uh, that I like a lot is that it's, it's easy to adapt to other systems. Two things I really like about, about it and about this is that I, I appreciate, I appreciate a supplement that I can use with my existing systems that I play. I play a lot of older D&D stuff that can be compatible. And I'd rather have something that I can take. And I may not be able to play every single book straight through, but I like that if you're not able to use this as your full setting, there's a lot in here you can bring in for, like you said, the Dolmenwood, Dolmenwood campaign. If you're running that, this is a great book to pick up for Dolmenwood or Old School Essentials. I've got, I'm going to ask you a question here. You said that we had talked about how it's kind of works well with Dolmenwood. There's a certain feel or setting or style of fantasy here that isn't what we normally get with like forgotten realms and things like that. How would you, I'm curious how you would describe a difference between what we're used to and what we're getting here. Yeah, I called it yeah. fairy tale. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's, that's very observant. And uh, that's something that my brother and I wanted to, to do in terms of tonality is create some material that, that has some whimsy, has some humor, tries to capture the kind of capricious nature of fae and fairyland that, Jack Vance and Lord Dunsany put forth. I mean, that, that's kind of what we were going for. There is, as you say, there's tons of kind of hardcore edgelord stuff out there, which is great. Um, and there's also lots of, you know, archetypical high fantasy, like Forgotten Realms and all that. And, and But we really felt like for this one, we wanted to create something that had a little bit different tone. Uh, there, there's plenty of darkness and danger and evil and horrific ways to die in Rackham Vale, but uh, there's also, you know, some wordplay and bad puns and, and, <laughs> and, and just some overall whimsy that, uh, that uh, echoes a lot of the old uh, fairy tales and, and a lot of the old um, ways in which 
fairy was depicted in some of the old literature that we both like. So, so you're right. We, we were aiming for that. And uh, for those looking for like a super hardcore, I mean, this is not going to dovetail very well with Mort Borg, you know, I mean, yeah. Mort Borg <laughs> is fantastic, but it has a very specific tone, which is very well executed. In this case, we were aiming for a, a, a different kind of tone. If you're looking for something that has some, uh, uh, some, some fun and humor and lightness to balance out some of the, the dark, terrible things that happen in the Stinkwood, for example, there's, there's lots of that. So, so that's what we were going for. Yeah. I appreciate that a lot. I, one of the things I say often about my character in our old school essentials game is I I'm playing an elf uh, and that's race as class there. And my elfish, my elven character, I like uh, since, since the conception, I said, I want this guy to be more of a Keebler elf than a high elf. Right, right. <laughs> that's kind of, <laughs> and I feel that this is a great supplement to kind of, go with that kind of feel i like that it's fun it takes me back to being a kid before i uh really got into the heavier fantasy when i was young imagining little elves in the forest and the woods and the little storybooks and that's i mean i guess that's where the inspiration comes from or old children's fairy tales so it works great i love it personally i'm a big fan of what you've done there so yeah i mean i think that's that's what we were uh drawing from or some of the old fairy tales and just also folklore and the way that uh fake creatures were depicted um it's been kind of canonized since tolkien that elves are this certain way you know they're these they're these esoteric uh, aloof uh, super wise beings and which is awesome but if you look back to some of the some of the older depictions of elves and goblins and all of those things they were uh, they're quite different so we wanted to kind of draw on that and we used as a rule of thumb one of the great things that uh, I think it, I think it was John Cleese that said it when it came to Monty Python that uh, take make fun of very serious things and uh, take very silly things very uh take silly things very seriously so, i like that <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of how uh it's a good way of capturing that that capricious um nature of of fairy creatures you know uh, that they uh a, a, a simple comment on their shoes might send them off into the stratosphere in terms of rage whereas uh, doing something like killing another fairy they would shrug off or you know it's um, they, their, um, their ideas for what is fair and commensurate punishment or reaction are just very different from ours. And that's what we were kind of drawing from. Well, let me ask this question here. I, I may have, I may be wrong in saying that I heard a rumor, but I heard a rumor somewhere. Maybe it was inaccurate that there was something else possibly in the works for the future. Is there another zine quest or anything else coming up? Yeah, two things. Um, there is a uh, we're working now on a, a licensed product that uh, we're I think going to be announcing in the next couple of weeks. Um, that's going to be kickstarted next year. Uh, we're working with a licensor on an IP of theirs, and then uh, working with my brother who co-wrote this one with me on a follow-up to Rack and Fail, which is using the artwork from a, a different artist. But in a similar way, you know, taking an, an old artist who's works in the public domain and creating a, uh, a supplement based on and featuring that art. So those two things are in the works at the moment. Well, let me ask one quick question about the other, the, the second one you mentioned. Is that going to also be for old school essentials or has that not been determined yet? 
I, probably, yeah. Um, I think we'd like to keep the the um, the system keep this line of of books um, where we we take uh, old open source material and create supplements for. We want to keep those consistent. Um, so probably we'll be for OSE. That's the plan now. Yeah. Well, I'm excited about that. I'm looking forward to it. We're kind of we're kind of coming up time to wrap up. I'm going to ask one more question. Could you tell the listeners where they can find you online, where they can find the book and everything else? Yeah. So everything is on uh, our, our website, the book, plus uh, we, we created a line of cards uh, that are full color and there there's a card uh, for each of the bestiary entries. Uh, plus there's some downloadable stuff, a high-res map, high-res factions page. And otherwise all that is on, our website that's uh, crwbr.com so it's just crowbar without the vowels um, the book is also available for print on demand and as a pdf on drive through rpg and it's also available as a pdf on um, itch and um, there's a uh, there's a soundtrack too uh, an original soundtrack on youtube I totally missed the soundtrack. I'm gonna you're yeah. gonna have to send me a link so I can put it in the show notes and I can listen to yeah. it. I missed yeah. that one totally. So my brother who co-wrote it with me, he's a musician. Um, so he got together with uh, another musician friend and they wrote and recorded a, a, a soundtrack for uh, the the uh, the setting. So um, I, I love it. I think it came out great. So it's it's on YouTube. It's uh, you can download it on SoundCloud. But I mean, it's all out. The soundtrack is all out there and free. Yeah, send me that link so we can put it in the show notes. I definitely, I'm going to check it out too. And sure. that way the listeners can check it out. And uh, I want to thank you for coming on. As always, you can find us on wobbliesandwizards.com. That's our blog address. And keep those dice rolling. Thanks, Shane.